What is up, everyone? My name is Brandon First, a.k.a. First Report, representing the ESBC Podcast Network. It is Sunday, September 6th, 2020, and it is time to talk Major League Baseball as we uh, really hit the stretch run of this 60-game season, get ready for uh, the postseason run, the run to the pennant, um, and Really uh, can't do this alone. I really kind of rely on Brianna, my co-host, to do a lot of the heavy lifting as we uh, welcome her in. Brianna, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm feeling good. Yeah. I I'm feeling very good. Finally, you know, I, I, I kind of said it before we got started. After the Padre game ended, I turned on the Angel game, and it was tied. And in my head, I went, uh-oh, if they lose another game because of the ITB on a Sunday – that would make it three weeks in a row. I might have to do the show by myself today. Brianna might just break her computer, any, any electronics. Um, but luckily, they pulled it out. And, and it's good news for everybody that hates Houston. <laughs> no, do it. Big sweep. Uh, and not like I said, big sweep in terms of that was, um, you know, a four-game sweep as opposed to, you know, just those two games that, I you know, I hate to really even call sweeps or whatever, but a four-game sweep. Um, even with a bit of a injured um, Astros team that's still huge for the Angels, who all of a sudden with this expanded playoffs find themselves, I mean, within a shout of the playoffs. Um, but we will get to that um, a little bit later on, um, uh, on this podcast a little bit and then definitely in depth uh, for the Angels uh, diving into the winner's circle on our SoCal podcast. <laughs> But if you want to hear about what happened in the second game of the doubleheader yesterday, definitely join the SoCal podcast because I'm going to have fun with this. Yeah, she showed me her notes and I, I, uh, I can only tell or I can only imagine what um, is going to transpire and always, always interesting to hear her takes always spot on. Um, and, you know, now it's been four or five weeks now of baseball and she is now absolutely mastered the betting side of it. She's always known baseball and understood it. And, and that's half the battle and probably even more so the battle. And now kind of in, uh, using uh, the, what we do on our sports betting, um, taking that knowledge she has using what we've taught her. She is unstoppable. She's an unstoppable force. Um, so that is awesome to hear, um, but not really a surprise. Uh, I mean, come on now, you don't, you aren't, you know, mayor or president of the winner's circle. Uh, for no reason. But as we always do here on this MLB podcast, it is time to wrap up what we've seen first on the field this week. Um, and this one goes right into the winner's circles um, domain is Trout becoming not only um, the 16th or what was it 16th player you said, correct? Yes. 300 home runs, but he also break, uh, overtakes Tim Salmon, who only had 299 home runs. You couldn't ask some reliever the last game of the season to put one down the middle to get you 300 anyways uh tim salmon now number two in angel history look trout as if there's another reason it needs to be uh confirmed that he is uh the greatest angel or one of the greatest angels ever he breaks the record um brianna obviously this is very very close and very um, hits very close home to home with you. What are your thoughts on Mike Trout uh, and 300 record break? Well, obviously there's a video out right now of like Tim Salmon versus um, Mike Trout on Instagram and Mike, uh, Tim Salmon passing the baton over to Trout 
now that he has passed him. As you said, he is the 16th player ever to get 300 home runs before the age of 30, but he's also one of four who has now hit 300 home runs and had 200 stolen bases, and he joins that list with Sammy Sosa, Willie Mays, and A-Rod. So obviously it's a big thing for the Angels. He did not play today, so he could not get higher, but I'm sure there's going to be at least another, like, one to 150 home runs left in his career, depending on how long he goes. But it's yeah. good for Angels. Very much so. Um, and uh, I, I fully, fully expect, I think he'll get to 500. I mean, as easily as you can. I'm not discounting what Mike Trout does um, as easy, but he sure makes it look easy. And I'll tell you what, if anybody on the Angels um, in the future ever comes close to breaking this record, you would have to imagine um, it would have to be somebody with a last name um, related to a fish because that's what we're looking at right now with trout and salmon. That was an easy, low-hanging fruit joke that I took about three days to come up with all on my own. Uh, hopefully, you all didn't hurt yourself rolling your eyes at that joke. But uh, very, very interesting to see Mike Trout, um, 300, and continuing to prove that he is – the best player in baseball and uh, to others, um, one of the best players in baseball, one of the two best players in baseball, but that is for another time. Next up is the Yankees. Obviously they were a couple weeks ago, one of the hottest teams in baseball. Um, but we realized it was kind of feasting off of a bad Red Sox team They've that now started to play teams um, like the, the the Blue Jays and um, the Rays, and even the Mets got them, uh, and the and the Phillies. Every single team seems to be taking their shot on um, what was going on uh, in terms of that. Uh, everyone taking their shot at the Yankees and something else that um, something else that is concerning for the Yankees is Garrett Cole getting beaten up. Um, it's one thing, you know, hey, you got a lot of players on the DL. Things um, things happen. But your big multi-million dollar man had 22 starts in a row where he won the decision, or his team won, and it's now been 0-3 in his last three. That's got to be concerning for the Yankees. I think um, they're going to get things somewhat under control. They're not winning that division, I don't believe. Uh, and if they don't get themselves back under control they're going to find themselves on kind of that extra wild card the best of the rest if you will uh brianna what are your thoughts on the yankees i mean look a few weeks ago they were at the top of the al east now obviously we're going to talk about standings later but they are currently in third and significantly dropping so i think obviously injuries have had something to do with it as well so obviously stanton was out lemayhu is out um, judge was out like everybody was out for some point at one point or another and they just need to get themselves back together if they want to even have a chance at playoffs because at this rate they're not going to like they're not going to get any of the best of the rest they're not even get going to get that chance if they don't start winning again definitely and and I mean even then if for whatever reason you know they do get into the playoffs they're definitely not going to be a team to be um uh, relied upon or, or really expected to do a whole lot. But, you know, I will say eventually these guys are coming back, you would assume. Now, how long they stay on the field, that seems to be another issue. But um, 
feel like for the Yankees, I do know they have a very weak ending to the schedule. But, I mean, if you're not a very good baseball team, uh, if you're beaten up, if you're not getting Ws, it doesn't really matter what else is going on um, on your schedule. You're still going to struggle. And um, last thing to go over is uh, Trevor Bauer once again uh, with the cleats. And uh, also, you know, maybe his reaction to a pretty bad error. But first, we'll talk about the cleats and just to give you some backstory. Obviously, a couple weeks ago, there was a big, a big hubbub about um, a free Joe Kelly on the on Trevor Bauer's cleats, and he tweeted out he was going to wear them. And MLB pretty much decided, nope, if you do that, you're not only going to get fined and all that, you're actually going to get ejected from the game and probably suspended. So he didn't do it. Um, and then. This past week, uh, he had put his cleats out, but he put kind of the blank side out and just said, there's something really cool. Or there's something you got to tune in for on the other side. Uh, tagged MLB, tagged uh, Uncle uh, Uncle Rob, a couple hashtags for him. Um, and I immediately sent it to Brianna because that's kind of our like inside joke uh, with the Joe Kelly and stuff like that. And um, immediately, you know, it was, hey, what do you think's on there? And for me, I had to imagine it can't be anything too controversial because at this point, if you do want to actually get on the field with some cleats, you get, you can't call your shot this early. Like he's, he's now the kid uh, who anytime he does anything, everyone's watching. Um, so I had to feel like it was going to be something either nothing at all or uh, something rather not as controversial as we expected. Um, and what it was, was also pretty cool. Uh, it was a uh, Harambe, uh, a dedication or um, whatever you want to call it on his cleats. That was cool. Obviously not what we were expecting. What were your thoughts on the, uh, I guess, cleat saga 2.0 where uh, Trevor Bauer continue, I guess, to kind of not only troll uh, Rob Manford, but kind of trolling us too by, you know, throwing out these cleats like, hey, you know, thinking uh, we're going to get all worked up. What are your thoughts? I mean, I think it's fun that he keeps doing this not only to us, but to Rob as well. Obviously he doesn't want to get suspended. He doesn't want any of that to happen. So he's going to keep it hush hush until right when the game starts. I even had gone onto the broadcast and I couldn't even tell what it was. Like I thought I saw nothing. And then as soon as we saw Harambe, I'm like, okay, that's not what I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to have to do with the Astros again or something in regards to um, Ch Chadwick Bozeman. Because I don't think he pitched um, when Bozeman died, but I thought it was going to be something completely different. I did not think it was going to be Harambe, who obviously this has been going on now for what, like three years? Uh, I No, actually more than that, because I have friends who wrote in Harambe for in the 2016 election. So it's been, uh, well, okay, maybe probably coming up on four years. I have a feeling this is like the four year anniversary around this time. Who knows? Maybe that was it. Uh, not 100% on that, but uh, there are a lot of people who believe that, you know, it was all good until uh, Harambe or until that kid went in Harambe's enclosure and it's all been downhill and can't really uh, argue too much with them. But uh, another part, something a little more serious, uh, Trevor Bauer, and this is kind of something you got to deal with with Trevor Bauer and his mannerisms is a situation. Um, Trevor Bauer's pitching another really good game. Uh, unfortunately, there's a routine grounder. Uh, Joey Votto just plain misses the ball at first base. Uh, it was an easy out, and Joey Votto, uh, he, he just missed it, period. I don't. I mean, there are softball players 
I'm talking beer league softball players, not fast pitch. A beer league drunk first baseman who are holding a beer in the other hand to make this play. You missed it. Big, you know, it, it happens. Pirates go on to score three runs. Trevor Bauer gets into the dugout and he is, um, he's fired up and he is yelling in the direction of Joey Votto and the rest of his team. Um, Joey Votto, you know, played the, you know, outwardly, very politically correct saying, you know, hey, you know, we're all fired up. We all want to win. I honestly believe if, if, if Trevor Bauer had done this in Cleveland and he had been in Cleveland this whole time, maybe it's a little different or, um, you know, uh, something like that. But for Trevor Bauer to kind of, I mean, he hasn't even been there really. I guess it has been a full year, but not really, not game-wise. Um, I think we've all, if you've lived, you know, over 20 years and you've worked in multiple places, we all kind of have people we maybe don't agree with, um, who don't really, we don't really want to work with, but we don't have a choice. So, you know, you can't, you know, go into the break room and just berate the person. That's just not the way you do it, and especially not really on, on the baseball field. Uh, I thought it was a bad look, Trevor Bauer. Um, I assume apologies after the fact, because look, I, I've been there. I, I understand emotions get the best of you. Um, you do have to, I feel like you have to be more emotionally stable, even with Trevor Bauer um, being kind of that loose cannon. I do love that about him, but at the same time, there has to be a limit. There has to be a line. And I do feel like he did cross it a bit. Um, I think a lot of this too is the frustration of the Reds really underachieving. And um, that's, that's my take on the situation. Brianna, what was, what's your take on uh, what you saw? Being somebody that has played softball and has gone through this situation, um, I feel it's understandable. Because obviously it's a routine ground ball. Obviously the throw may have been a little off, but Joey Votto should have at least gotten off of the base in order to get it and at least stop it from letting anybody get any further, um, which is obviously something you're taught in Little League. So I believe his reaction was understandable. He was pitching a really good game, and then all of a sudden that changes the momentum and everything just goes downhill from there. So, I mean, I don't blame him for getting emotionally charged like that. I don't blame him for taking his frustration out on whatever he did in the dugout. Obviously it wasn't a person, but whatever he took his frustration out, I understand. Obviously we've seen videos of Brett Gardner and his helmets and everybody with their bats. So it's just something that does happen. And obviously for a pitcher, they don't get to stay in the entire game unless they're having that good of a game. So whatever pitcher, pitch, excuse me, whatever innings they get, they want them to be as perfect as possible. And obviously that did not happen. Yeah, I just, I, I like I said, I think for me, I mean, I don't think anybody, you know, Joey Votto is not over there like, oh, I'm going to short arm this ball and, and really start to screw Trevor over. And I feel like obviously, I, I mean, you know, when I did pitch um, poorly, but I did pitch, um, my manager would tell me, you know, in errors and games, stuff like that. He, he asked me, he goes, how many, how many times do you miss with location? And look, I, if you're a, a great pitcher, it's probably still in the high teens that you miss. Uh, it's a pretty high percentage. He goes, you know, and you get away with stuff like that. Unfortunately, that situation, he didn't get away with a mental lapse. Um, and it was, that was always situation for, um, 
you know, Joey Votto, I, I do at least understand that, you know, it, he is a veteran. I think if it was a rookie, you know, say that's a rookie, um, I don't know, a rookie over uh, for your side. I'm sorry, who was, uh, who had the, Matt Walsh, I think was your first baseman today uh, for the Angels. Jared Walsh. Jared Walsh, thank you. Um, you know, maybe, maybe berating a rookie is a little different. You know, he knows Votto can take it. Um, and I do think it's just frustration. But um, for me, like I said, Bauer, I love the intensity. I love kind of the arrogance, kind of, you know, trolling stuff. Um, I think this might have been a little too much. Um, but I really don't think the Reds are going anywhere anyway. So moving on to uh, the things we've seen off the field. And, folks, we've done it. Um, technically, I am going to talk about it. But no more COVID drama. Technically, the A's, I know, did miss, um, I think, their series earlier this week. But that will be made up. Um, this entire seven-day stretch, there has not been a single team or any COVID drama going on. Um, there was a bit of a, not scare, or maybe a bit of a worry with the Padres earlier this week. Um, uh, Will Myers was put on the DL for what a, a, amounted to one day as he waited for an inconclusive test, got the negative test back and was able to go back. So it didn't have to go on for the full 10 days once they um, realized that it was um, a negative test. So, And I'm sure that happens to other places. I'm just obviously locked into the Padres. So besides stuff like that, no COVID drama. Um, now we are going to start seeing the start of the buildup of the COVID drama in terms of double headers left and right pretty much. And we'll get to that in a little bit. But it is something to talk about. Um, thoughts on the fact. So now let me ask you this. I'm going to phrase it this way. Are we done? Are we out of the woods now? Or do you? No. Okay. There we go. Are, so do you perceive, do you see another, I don't want to call it outbreak, but just another team that has to take a week or a series off? I mean, I don't think it's done, but I really hope not um, in regards to that sense, because there's only three weeks left in the season and there's no way to make it up if you get positive COVID tests this, like whether it's this week or in the next, there's no way you're going to be able to make up those games because there's not going to be enough travel time. Plus a lot of the teams are finishing up series against each other. So like the angels just finished their final series against the Astros for the year. So it, it would be one of those situations. Obviously I really don't think it's going to be done. I think there's going to be at least one person and thankfully the Padres didn't have a positive test like obviously the Reds did when they're one person, but they did only take like one or two days off. So, I mean, I could see that happening, but I really hope that nobody takes an entire series off like the A's just did this week. Because there's going to be no way to make it up. Exactly. And that's a great point. Uh, we are getting to kind of that point, at least in the early beginning, there's, I mean, it's not ideal, but that's at least some time with some flexibility um, as we get down here towards the nitty gritty, um, we don't have that flexibility, unfortunately. Uh, so we will see how that goes. Um, one other thing was uh, the Mets. Whole A-Rod um, comments coming out. Um, his group, his ownership group, wanted um, or was hopefully in the running or he had hoped to be in the running for the Mets ownership gig. That didn't happen. Um, unfortunately, so A-Rod has pretty much come out and said that, that the sale was fixed. Everything is against him. Um, the world is against A-Rod. 
we all should feel sorry about it. Sorry for A-Rod. Um, this is also the same guy that advocated for a salary cap. Really? A guy who made, what, like four, $50 million a year from the Texas Rangers and pretty much like debilitated that franchise for 10 years is going to sit here and have the audacity to say that these players need to man up and take the uh, salary cap? Get out of here. Uh, A-Rod is a joke. Um, I'll be honest. I, I, I liked his analysis when he was on the desk. And what I mean there is like the pregame, postgame. Um, but when he's the uh, analyst, gosh, you, you want to find yourself a weapon and, and, and meet your head with it because it is bad. Uh, but anyways, so he has that going on. Obviously, the Mets are um, uh, a dumpster fire in itself. The whole saga with the ownership uh, selling with the Wilpons. I mean, that goes back to the Bernie Madoff scheme. That is a dumpster fire that has been blazing for a very, very long time. Um, and now it does seem like it's coming to a conclusion. And, of course, in Mets fashion, there's a little bit more drama to be thrown out. Uh, do you have any thoughts on this with, you know, A-Rod and uh, the, the Mets hoping that uh, – um, well, A-Rod hoping that he could get the Mets or at least his ownership group? I mean, look, there's going to be other teams. Like, you shouldn't put all your chips into one team. Just, obviously, I think he just wants a team from New York at this point. I don't think he cares about anywhere else. Just he wants New York for some odd reason. And I've seen things both ways where he's like, I, where he was like, I didn't, like, overreact. I didn't say these things. It was just like, obviously, it's a he said, he said at this point. Um, obviously, we're probably not going to know the actual reason, but considering what happened with A-Rod during his career, everybody's going to go against him at this point. Um, so I think he just needs to wait until there, at least there's another team available for him to buy if he wants it. And I do, uh, I am a big also believer too, and Brianna, you did bring up a good point that he has denied these uh, rumors or whatever, um, but I will point out, and I am one of those people, you know, when it comes like unnamed sources, anonymous sources, I would like to at least, you know, somebody in the room, somebody, you know, ideally multiple people to verify the story, but at the very least one. But I will say everything we've known about A-Rod and um, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Screwball, which is absolutely fantastic. If you haven't checked it out as a baseball fan, you have to watch it. It's hilarious, funny, revealing, uh, pretty much the A-Rod steroid saga played through eight, 10 year olds. Um, with the narrator, oh my gosh, it is brilliant. But watch that movie and then and then try and sit here and tell me that you still find A-Rod credible, folks. So, um, but- it, it, It'd be the same situation as Lance Armstrong. Like 100%, exactly. That's like Lance Armstrong trying to uh, become the uh, president of a doping uh, over, over uh, the president of the doping of cycling. Like, uh, no, you, not gonna happen. But- um, a, a big reason why, obviously, he wants New York is is that name value. You, we look at the Wilpon crew, who a $400 million number is what their net value is right now, which, look, $400 million to all of us, lots of money. In Major League Baseball, he is the poorest owner in Major League Baseball. He is about to sell the Mets for $2 billion. That is a hell of a return on investment, uh, especially for a guy who – um, was one of the biggest uh, people swindled in the Bernie Madoff scheme uh, in the early part of this 2000 century. Uh, wow, very, very interesting there. 
The last thing, unfortunately, we do have to talk about, um, it's with heavy hearts. Uh, it was last week, uh, Tom Seaver passed, and about an hour, hour and a half ago, it was announced, or at least I was made aware of it, that Lou Brock um, had passed as well. So two, not only Hall of Famers, but I mean, stalwarts. Like you, you think, you think Mets baseball going back to kind of talking. That's that is Tom Seaver. And if you think Cardinals baseball, for at least for me, it's you know not so much Stan Musial. For me, it's Lou Brock. I don't know. I just always picture Lou Brock stealing, uh, you know, breaking those records uh, until Ricky Henderson came along. Two real giants of the game, and I know those names get or those words or superlatives get thrown around um, after certain players pass. But Tom Seaver and Lou Brock were both, I mean, generational talents. Uh, for them to both pass in the same week um, is is sad, but also somewhat fitting, I guess. Um, I don't know if there was too much of a connection between the two, but you know, it always is, you know, a batter and a hitter or, you know, something. And, and I do know at least with Tom Seaver's situation, um, he had been in a very tough battle with dementia. Um, I know how tough, unfortunately, firsthand, how tough that disease is for not only the person, but the family. So I know how tough that is. Uh, so hopefully the, there's some peace in that family there. But um, what were your what are your thoughts on the passings of these two uh, real giants and legends of the game? I mean, obviously they both played in the league at the same time. Obviously, Tom Seaver's part of those miracle Mets that won the World Series in 1969, and he passed away on Monday. And I don't I don't think I was the first one to find out of out of our bunch. But um, obviously, that's a hit. And what did you say that the Mets had done? Oh, so the Mets. So if you know Tom Seaver, obviously he was a bit mm -hmm. of a you know, sidewinder. So he would always have um, on his right knee um, dirt because he was getting so low, uh, the dirt would hit on his knee. So by the end of the game, he would have just a buildup of dirt on his, uh, I believe it's his right knee. So the Mets, which was just incredible, just brilliant. Um, I would assume got pine tar, everyone got pine tar on their knee and rubbed some dirt on it. And for the game, or at least until it rubbed off, uh, at least the start of the game, all the Mets had dirt on their right knee as a um, wonderful tribute uh, to Tom Seaver. And I'm sure there will be something that the Cardinals will do um, with Lou Brock, but a really awesome gesture from the Mets. And obviously talking about Lou Brock, he broke uh, the all-time stolen base record. He broke Ty Cobb's record. Obviously he held that until 1991 when Ricky Henderson broke it. But he was a Cub from 1961 to 1964 until he became a Cardinal. So both with both teams playing each other today, as soon as they found out prior, they ended up doing a moment of silence um, before the game. So obviously there may be more to come in tributes. I think that was just because it happened like not long before their game had even started. Obviously their game started at four o'clock Pacific time. Um, but mm. I mean, we'll, we'll probably see more from these two teams. Um, I think they're all going to try to steal as many bases as they can now, at least for this week. Um, but, I mean, it's stretching tribute in general. Obviously, we saw what happened with Chadwick Bozeman last week with everybody doing the Wakanda Forever sign. Obviously, people on their cleats had something having to do with Black Panther. So I think there's just going to be more to come. Agreed. And I do know the Mets um, are already 
I think it's already been announced or at least unveiled that they're going to have a um, patch for, I know, at least this next weekend series. I would decide, I don't understand why they wouldn't just keep it on for the rest of the year. I mean, it's Tom Seaver and Lou Brock. I think MLB is, has to be okay with that. But we'll see how that goes. And, you know, one last thing on this, and it just kind of popped into my mind, is it, it's it's a little difficult. or I, You know, I'm not quite sure how big, but for, for fans of these players – um, to not maybe to be able to go to the stadium. Now, you know, you could think like the Mets uh, going to City Field after the fact, that first game back after the, the emotion and the ceremony, you know, and all that stuff and seeing the players dirt on their knee. That's a little bittersweet, unfortunately. Obviously, just another unfortunate part of um, not being able to go to the games. And I'll remember just for myself, my personal experience, um, being at that first game back, after uh, at Petco Park after Tony Gwynn died and the just raw emotion of the place I mean it's a it was a June game the Padres were about as bad as they've been this decade um a Tuesday or Wednesday night uh me and my dad went and that place was 70 80 percent capacity and really nobody was there for that Padre team it was all to just kind of share your memories with Tony Gwynn and Tony Gwynn um, obviously met so much to San Diego. Tom Seaver is the same for those Mets fans. So it is a bit bittersweet or not bittersweet at all. I'm sorry. Um, it is a bit bitter that they're not able and the fans of those players and teams aren't really kind of able to really go. And that's kind of where you mourn, you know, that's, I guess, kind of everyone's family member, whether you know the person sitting next to you or not, that player had a big connection to that person just like it had a big connection to you um so that's always a very um tough situation you know and then not being able to go to the game might be a little tougher like i said just speaking from personal experience going to that game after tony passed was awesome uh, probably helped me through because it was a pretty uh rough spot i i, I love tony that was probably the last time i well no definitely not the last time i cried but definitely the last time i cried for a, cele a celebrity or athlete probably the only but anyways, we dive in to what is now, I guess, the mid-season standings as we're pretty much halfway through, um, the uh, through the season. And we'll start in the National League this time, um, starting up top with really not a whole lot changed, at least at the top. And it is the Atlanta Braves, 24 and 16. Um, three games up on the Phillies, who have started to make their move. They've been playing well the last couple weeks. They've unseated the Marlins. Um, as the number two spot is that automatic playoff berth. Uh, so it'll be the Marlins, Mets, uh, who are really fighting it out for kind of that best of the rest spot. Uh, the Marlins 17 and 18, Mets 19 and 22. Remember, the Marlins got a couple games to make up. Um, so, and then the Nationals, look, 14 and 25. Pretty much right where they were last year, but we're only playing 60 games. So, Unfortunately, the Nationals pretty much, they're done. Um, but I would say uh, Braves take the division. And then the Mets, Marlins, and Phillies. It's really anyone's guess as to who gets, A, that top spot or that second place spot in an automatic berth or an automatic postseason. And I would have to imagine one of these teams also could possibly steal one of the best of the rest so three possible nl east teams um but i think the braves have this division even though it's only three games 
think they have this division pretty well in hand. And I also think the Nationals are pretty much done. What are your thoughts on the NL East? I mean, there's no way the Nationals are coming back from this. Um, the Mets have just gone downhill in the last like two weeks, but with all the double headers that the Phillies and the Marlins have been playing, obviously we're seeing them go up. And obviously these two teams are going to be playing each other next week. So that's going to be interesting to see who's going to take that, what, six games um, <laughs> with two double headers. But obviously I believe Atlanta is going to stay on top of this leaderboard in regards to the AL or the sorry, excuse me, National League East. Um, it's just going to be a fight for that second spot between the Phillies and the Marlins. And I think that this week's series between the two teams is going to determine who's going to take it. Good call. Moving on to the central, which is kind of in a similar boat. Um, you got the, the Cubs up top at 23 and 17 uh, playing good. Well, overall they've been playing good ball, um, but it's been kind of a bit of an average run after their really good start. Uh, and then after that comes St. Louis at 16 and 15, another team that's got to catch up to the pack. They'll get that role in here in the next couple weeks. Uh, but they are two and a half games back. And then we got Milwaukee at 18 and 21, four and a half back. Cincinnati, 18 and 23, five and a half back. And then Pittsburgh, uh, worst team in baseball, I believe. Uh, well, Texas is right there with them as well. But uh, definitely the worst team in the National League. Pittsburgh is 13 and 26, nine and a half games adrift. Uh, I personally, I like the Cubs, hold on to things here. Uh, for that second playoff or that, you know, second whatever playoff spot, um, I like the Cardinal to stay where they are. I like the fact that the run differential is plus 22. That shows me that even though they're only one game over 500, they've um, been blowing teams out and then keeping their losses close. Uh, that goes, uh, that might be something to look at because Milwaukee and Cincinnati, I think are both teams that um, aren't really factors. So what are your thoughts on the uh, National League Central? Well, Pittsburgh just sucks. If they want to even get a spot, they'd have to win basically the rest of their games. Yeah, yeah there's no question about it. They have to win the rest of their games if they want to even have a chance. Um, obviously, St. Louis and the Cubs are uh, playing right now and the Cardinals are currently winning five to three and that series won't be determined until tomorrow but at the same time St. Louis is coming very quickly on the Cubs and it's just we'll see who takes it obviously I think the Cubs might stay but it's going to be very very close well and and, and uh, similar to the other division a lot of these games coming up are really going to determine what is going to happen moving on to the National League West and where nothing matters anymore. <laughs> yeah, this is pretty much as cut and dry as it is. Um, I'll just gloss over it. Look, the Dodgers are going to win the division. They're 30 and 11 right now. Um, they, they have a, they're eight and two in their last 10 of run differential plus 59. Um, they're five games up on the second best team in the National League, the Padres, and they're five and a half games up on them. Uh, the Padres are 25 and 17. Uh, firmly in that second place four seed spot. Um, and then behind them, you're going to have the surprising Giants. Let's be honest. I think we're all surprised at where the Giants are at 21 and 20. The Colorado Rockies at 19 and 20. The reason it's surprising there is because of the, how fast they got off to a good start. Uh, they've come back to the pack. And the Arizona Diamondbacks were 15 and 26, fully adrift. They are 15 games behind the Dodgers. Um, Dodgers Padres get the playoff spot um, and 
I like the Giants to be that that last team to sneak in. I think I'm still riding that Mike Yastrzemski's train just a little too much. But, damn, it's a really fun ride. I really like the Giants to get that last playoff spot. Um, well, the Giants and Rockies are going to come close to figuring out who's going to possibly get the best of the West because Rockies are only one game behind San Francisco. Obviously, they're both the same amount behind the Dodgers, but the Dodgers are just running away with this. There's no point anymore. And they have one of the easiest schedules going for the rest of the season. There's no way anybody's catching them. But got to admit, the Giants are coming very quickly for your Padres. Like, oh, I don't, I don't, I'm not worried about that. I mean, four and a half games, um, they are coming, but I think the Giants right now are a team that they're at their ceiling. I really do think that. Like, they're not going, and it'd be different. Look, if it'd be different if maybe the Padres were in a boat, like maybe the Cubs or, um, or the Mets, where they're being playing either average baseball or below average baseball. The Padres, <coughs> excuse me, the Padres would be first place in any other division in uh, at least the National League. Yet they're the, they're the um, furthest uh, behind the first place team in any division. It's crazy. Obviously, the Dodgers are just um, heads and shoulder above everybody else. I, I don't worry about the Giants. Like I said, I think the Giants are just happy to be right where they are. And I'll tell you what, if the Giants get that eight seed, Dodgers – Giants in a three-game series. Wow, I will be pulling very hard for the Giants to uh, pull off what would be a borderline miracle, but it could happen. Let's be honest. Uh, if any team, really, I think the bet the most competitive team to stand up to the Dodgers has been the Giants. I don't really think there's any doubt about that, which is kind of crazy. I know I do know the Padres had a two-game split with the Dodgers, but the last two games, the Dodgers just absolutely demolished the Padres. Um, but I do, I, I, I would love to see Dodgers Giants round one, mainly because I want the Giants to knock out the Dodgers. Um, cause if the Padres are a four seed, I do not want them, the, uh, Dodgers in the second round, but moving to the American league, we have, uh, the Tampa Bay Rays who not only are in first place, but opening things up, they have a five and a half game lead on the Toronto Blue Jays. That's right. Uh, Tampa Bay is 28 and 13. Toronto is 22 and 18. Five and a half games out. And um, look, I, I, I told you on my uh, podcast in the offseason about every single team. I did a preview for every single team. And when I talked about the Toronto Blue Jays, I said, put some money on them to win the East. You never know. They're only five and a half games back. I don't think it's going to happen. It would take a miracle. But I mean, I think it was like plus 3,000 for that to happen. I'll, I'll be okay with that. A uh, bit of a miracle. But uh, they're definitely going to go over their 28, you would have to assume. But anyways, uh, behind the Toronto Blue Jays are the New York Yankees, who are in full-on adrift mode. They're uh, losers of three in a row, four and six in their last 10. A run differential of only nine. Uh, they are six and a half games back. Only one game behind Toronto for that uh, second playoff spot in the East. Then we have Baltimore, who is starting to kind of uh, fade away. Still staying close. They are 19 and 21, eight and a half games behind Tampa Bay, but only three games behind Toronto. And finally, we have the Boston, uh, Boston Red Sox, who are 14 and 28, but have actually been playing better ball than normal. Still not good ball, but they've been play playing better. Uh, what are your thoughts on the American League East that I think is uh, going to be all Tampa Bay, 
And then I do think, I, I honestly do believe the Yankees take the second spot. What are your thoughts on this? Okay, look, Boston may be getting better, but they still have the worst record in the American League. No, like, uh, I, Texas, Texas, Texas. I looked earlier and it said Boston. Well, it depends. Okay, so Boston is 14 and 20. Both are playing 333 ball. Texas only has 13 wins, though. That's what I was looking at. But uh, either no, way, was being, uh, that either was way they have been at the very bottom the entire season. Like, there's no way they're coming back from this. And then, obviously, Baltimore started hot, but now they've gone down since, they're, um, since the whole thing with COVID happened. Yankees, what are you doing, guys? <laughs> like, I thought you guys were going to be the best team in the AL East. That's not happening anymore. You guys got to pick it up if you even want a spot. But I definitely think the Rays are not going to be able to get touched. But Toronto has been on a rampage lately. So I do think that they will get the two seed um, in the East. Nice. And, you know, it has to be mentioned, too, um, Toronto made some real moves uh, at the trade deadline to really shore up a, um, a, a pitching staff that was already okay, uh, going out and getting uh, Taiwan Walker, who is definitely a bust, and uh, but taking a chance on him. And then, obviously, uh, Ross Stripling uh, joining there for relatively nothing, apparently. Moving to the American League Central, and uh, look, once again, this is another division. If you listen to the offseason podcast where I broke down the Chicago White Sox, I told you to keep your eye on the White Sox and also put some money on them to win. They are a half game up on the Cleveland Indians. Uh, Chicago 26 and 15, Cleveland 25 and 15. Minnesota 25 and 17 is a game and a half back. Uh, definitely well positioned for the best of the rest. Um, at 25 and 17, by far the most competitive division with those three teams. And then after that, Detroit has fully come back to the uh, to where their expect expectations were, 18 and 20. However, we're still going to cash that uh, over 22 and a half wins there. So get ready to cash that hopefully in the next two weeks. And then Kansas City, who really just has been bad all year, 14 and 27, uh, 12 games off the lead. Uh, losers of six in a row. Um, I like Chicago to continue on this. I like Chicago and Cleveland to get the, I'm sorry, no, no. I like Chicago and Minnesota to get the top two team, uh, top two, whatever playoff spots. And then Cleveland will be one of the best of the rest. What are your thoughts on the American league central, Brianna? I mean, look, this is the only division that's actually going to come down to like the last game, considering how close all of them are. And the, Indians and the Twins are both playing each other this weekend. So that's going to determine who's going to take over. Um, but I don't think the White Sox are going to move because of how they've been playing. But Cleveland and Minnesota, it's going to be a toss-up between the two. Like I said, it's gonna, this week is going to tell us who is going to be the two and who's going to be the three. Exactly. And to be fair, I really don't think – I mean, outside of seeding, I – I'm pretty sure the AL Central, unless one of these three teams just falls apart, I'm pretty sure the AL Central will get um, a third team in to be the best of the rest. More than likely, it's going to be the East and the Central, just kind of looking things over. Um, but you never know. There's that team up in Anaheim that has been on an absolute tear. Uh, you never know. But going to that American League West, um, leading things off, or at least at the top of the division, is the Oakland A's a team that just uh, lost two out of three to the second best team in the National League, San Diego Padres. Uh, Oakland A's are 23 and 14, 
three and a half games up on the struggling Astros who just got swept. I'll say it again, swept by the Angels. Say it again. They got swept by the Angels in four games. They are 21 and 19, uh, three and a half games back. Losers of four in a row because they got swept by the Angels. Seattle is 18 and 22, uh, playing 450 ball. That's better than I expected. They have, they have come on of late. Uh, they've won five in a row playing really good ball. They took two out of three from my Padres. That was a very surprising situation. Then we see, uh, once again, one of the hottest teams in baseball, Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, 17 and 25, eight and a half games out in the lead, five games out of that second spot. Um, They got some work to do, let's be honest, but they are out of the cellar and that's good news. Um, But Texas, look, I'll be honest. It has been nothing but bad karma since you got but hurt because a 21-year-old took you out on a grand slam. Just facts, folks. Just facts. Just saying it. Uh, but they are 13-26, and 26, uh, one of the worst teams in baseball. Uh, 11 games out. They are done, dusted, as they should. Hopefully, Chris Woodard gets fired. Um, what are your thoughts? So, for me, I, I look, I, I don't think anyone's running down Oakland. Seattle-Houston is very interesting to me. I don't give them a great opportunity to run down Houston, but if Seattle can keep doing what they're doing, um, they're only three games behind Houston. They're obviously two teams going in different directions. Maybe they get it done. Um, I would love to see it, but honestly, at this moment, I would have to uh, say Houston takes that second playoff spot. But what are your thoughts on this uh, division? Unbiasedly as best you can. Well, first, I know you're going to enjoy the fact that you're going to just keep saying that Tatis had gotten a grand slam against the Rangers. I know you're going to enjoy saying that every time. But um, Houston actually has to play the A's and the Mariners again. So the Angels are the only team that doesn't have to play any of those three, which is going to be the struggle coming up because now they're on a National League run at this point, except for the, except for the Rangers, excuse me. O- Oakland's not moving unless Houston can do something like drastic but the considering how Houston played against the Angels and I'm going to enjoy saying that they got swept by the Angels for a very long time after what happened in 2017 and I think everybody in California is like excited to say that um Seattle obviously the Angels are gonna have to make a run the last series between the two they split so if they even want a chance to be the three in the west they're gonna have to just win the rest win the majority of their games, which is going to be difficult now that they've got the D-backs, the Padres again, the Dodgers. Like, they are going to be playing basically every single team in the National League West, and it's going to be a challenge. But considering what they just showed in these last five games, I think they can do it. Um, But it's going to be between Houston and Seattle, I think, for that uh, two seed, just because of the fact that Houston does have to play the A's, Houston does have to play Seattle, and those games against Seattle are going to be more crucial than anything. Agreed. Um, very, very interesting to see if the Mariners can get it done. Um, and, you know, with Houston, sometimes we could sit here and say, oh, you know, well, you know, maybe if this guy starts doing this or if he, he's going to get better, blah, blah, blah. Houston's not in that boat. They're, they just need to get healthy, and it's not coming when they need it to. I mean, they, there's a lot of uh, – a lot of, I call them Google guys. Guys, you got to Google. Who the hell? Where, where'd that guy come from? Never heard of straw? Who? You sure it's not strawberry? Anyways, um, so yeah, I, I would love to see the Mariners uh, keep the Astros out. Uh, I 
think it's unlikely, but we shall see. Moving on to uh, last week's series that we um, kind of uh, looked at. And the first one that we looked at was um, Tampa Bay and the New York Yankees. We both thought the New York Yankees were going to take two out of three. Unfortunately, if you've been pretty much listening and we've been piling on the Yankees, obviously uh, they lost two out of three. Tampa Bay, look, I'll, tell, I'll say it for myself. I expected more from the Yankees. I don't need more. I think we know what the Yankees are now. And conversely, I think we know what Tampa Bay is. Tampa Bay is the best team in this division. And the Yankees are second or third. And that's about all there is to it. Uh, we learned that one. Um, but we both missed there. And obviously, we, we all thought that the Yankees were going to be the top of the AL East for the entire season, considering how they started. And it's just been downhill for the longest time. And yeah, I'm not going to go with the Yankees anymore. Yeah. Or at least uh, going to think a little bit more. Or at least it's got to be like a Boston or maybe a Kansas. Well, no, they're playing Kansas City, but um, something. Boston. Yeah, something's got to be just Boston. I think they might be done with Boston now that I think of it. But the second uh, series we talked about was the White Sox and the Twins. We were split on this. Uh, I had the Twins winning. Brianna had uh, the White Sox winning. Both of us two out of three. Um, I got the win here. Minnesota ends up taking two out of three. I think this is a situation where um, it's probably going to be like this the rest of the year in the Central. Back and forth, back and forth, back and forth with Chicago. Because of where they are right now, you know, essentially a game and a half up on Minnesota. Because of this, I think it's going to be pretty much even the rest of the way out. Uh, That's what we saw here. Minnesota, um, really knowing that they have to fight for their division. They end up going out and getting it done against the White Sox. And Brianna has been waiting all podcast for this one. Yes, you can go for it. She wanted to. She asked so nicely. Why don't you uh, tell us what the third series uh, to, uh, that we talked about last week. So the third and final early week series, and I'm just going to keep rubbing it in his face. Um, what we looked at was the Padres at the Angels. Obviously, Brandon thought it was going to be a San Diego sweep. I said it was a split. And... Who was right? Me. And I even texted him right after, did I or did I not say that it was going to be a split? And this was the start of their momentum going into the Astros series. So I'm very happy for this game. Yeah, and you know, it's it's a great call. And, and credit where credit's due, not only to you, but also to the Angels. They, uh, that, what was it, a Thursday? Was it a Wednesday or it, Thursday? It was, a, it was a Thursday, but it was Thursday also Clinger versus Heaney. So it yeah. was a... Yeah, and a, you know what? They're going to be a good game no matter what. They beat Clevenger. Heaney probably had his best pitching performance uh, of the season, I would assume. I would also assume it was the best pitching performance of the Angels. Hats off to them. They get the job done. Uh, they've won five in a row now because they swept the Astros four games. I don't know if I brought that up. Um, but it's, yeah, credit where credit is due. Brianna, like I said, not only did her team uh, get one, um, but she also called it correctly. Um, I and will... I did say I was going to have a little hope in them for this yeah. series. That was my little hope. <laughs> and, um, you know, it was, uh, it was a good call by you. And like I said, I, I definitely wouldn't have expected that, that Thursday game. That if you would have told me the Angels are going to shut out the Padres, I would have asked you, what, 2003 and it's John Lackey? Like, come on now. But um, that's not the case. They went out and they got the job done. Uh, hats off to them, like I said. 
Luckily, to be honest, uh, it didn't really uh, affect it too much, um, at least in terms of the Padres. Obviously, you want to win them all. You can't. Padres end up going on and uh, taking care of business against the A's. But like I said, good for the Angels who have won five in a row because they swept the Astros. Uh, promise I'm done. Anyways, um, the last No, you're series... not. <laughs> <laughs> no, probably not. Uh, the last series to talk about is the Dodgers and Rockies. And I'm just pulling up. Oh, they're playing tonight. They're playing at seven. They're playing at seven. So they start in an hour. Wow. Okay. Uh, normally we see the last game go off at four o'clock on a Sunday, but um, as the, as we are right now, um, it is one, one as the Rockies did take one in this series. Brianna is going to get credit for this win. Uh, might only get maybe a half a credit. I don't know. I don't even really know if we're keeping track at this point. But she had the Dodgers winning two out of three. I thought the Dodgers were going to sweep the Rockies. Um, look, obviously, I can't win this one. Brianna can and more than likely will. I don't think the Rockies are the first team to beat the Dodgers in a series. We will find that out uh, in about four hours' time. But I, I would love to see the Rockies win this series and say the Dodgers finally lost a series. I would love for the Rockies to do this, but I don't think it's going to happen. I don't either. And the only reason um, I would feel okay with the, the Dodgers not, uh, or the Dodgers winning is because I, I still am holding out hope that the Padres will be that team uh, a little bit later on now. I'm or the Angels at the end of the season. Okay, there you go. That's fair. That's fair. If, if, if it gets by the Rockies and if it gets by the Padres, Yes, you will be the, you are, uh, you are the Obi-Wan Kenobi. the last chance. Yes, you are our last hope. You are the Obi-Wan Kenobi of Major League Baseball. Uh, help us, Obi-Wan. Help us, Winter Circle. You are our only hope. Um, next is, oh, is this the, uh, yeah, uh, was the Cardinals and the Cubs, which was a five-game series with a doubleheader on Saturday. Both of us had, um, the Cubs winning three out of five. Um, I know for myself, look, I, this time last week, I wasn't fully sold on the Cardinals. I'm not fully sold on the Cardinals, but at least when it comes to the Cubs, I think they're, um, they're level or, you know, I don't think the Cubs are that much better than the Cardinals now. Um, let me see what the score is. It is still five to three. Five I have it on three. in the TV next to me. There you go. So uh, five, three still looking like they're going to take Three of the first four, which would uh, pretty much mean we were both wrong, but um, it's going to end up needing a comeback here um, and then a, a win tomorrow for us to be correct on that one. But we'll see how that finishes up. And this is, oh, a perfect, another brain and brain fart. Yes, uh, Washington and Atlanta. Um, I had it put down as a three-game series. It was actually a four-game series. We were back and forth on this. I don't know. I, I, I think now that I remember it, I was very, very sweep happy. I had, I called three sweeps last week. I didn't hit a single one. And now you know why I stopped. <laughs> yep. Well, Hawthorne effect. That's what we're using the Hawthorne effect for. And I use that. Hey, Brandon, calm down on that. Um, so I had Atlanta sweeping. Didn't happen. Um, Washington's actually up two games to one in the series, um, in the four-game series. Did that game go off today? I believe it already finished, and I believe yeah, it it's did. split. It did split, yeah. Yeah, the, okay, Bra the Braves won this. Braves won today. Yeah, so it was a split. So, um, Brianna, uh, we'll pretend that if I would have put things out correctly, if I would have laid out a four-game series, I'm going to give you benefit of the doubt and say, you know what, the winner's circle, she would have known it was a split. So, 
we all don't get a, a, a metaphorical cookie on that one. Um, unfortunately, I don't have any literal cookies at the moment. Uh, moving on to the series to watch for this week, the ones that we are going to um, pretty much ourselves pick. And uh, you know what? We'll start with you first this week. Um, give me your opinion on the Yankees and the Blue Jays. Four-game series, I promise. I 100 Three-game series. I went through it. Oh, you're right. I totally – I didn't fix that. Unbelievable. <laughs> yes, three-game series. Man, Remember, you were looking I, at two weeks ahead. I know, and I, I, that was the one thing that, yeah. From that I had told you, you know, like, hours ago. I forgot to adjust before the podcast. And I'm over here like, yeah, I definitely got this one right. Nope, I didn't. Anyways, three-game series, Yankees, Blue Jays, who you got? Uh, well, obviously, we've already mentioned how the Yankees are on a downhill spiral. But after seeing who the pitchers were going to be for this week, I'm definitely saying Toronto is going to win at least two out of three. They may sweep. I'm not saying a sweep because of what's happened the last few weeks, but I do believe that Toronto will win the series two to three or a sweep, but I'm going to say two out of three. Perfect. What about so, you, Brandon? Toronto two out of three for me. Look, I'm not done with them yet. I'm not dead on the Yankees. I, I think there's something left. Um, I don't think Garrett Cole is going to turn into a batting practice pitcher. Uh, the, 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 eventually some of these guys are going to come back and hopefully stay on the field. Um, now I know we're only talking about this series. Um, I, I like the Yankees to take two out of three Toronto. They're a good baseball team. Um, I, I just, I think maybe they see those pinstripes there. It's a lot of young talent on that team. I just think the Yankees know how important this week is to their season it's a bit of a desperation mode for the Yankees. I don't think the Blue Jays are in that or will get to that point because of where their area or where their organization is. Um, but I like the Yankees to take two out of three. Um, so that will be another one that I will know very, very quickly who win that, won that series because uh, Brianna will let me know very quickly. Um, at least if Toronto wins the series. Maybe if the Yankees win the series, I might have to uh, unblock myself. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but I will start this one off. Um, it is Houston and Oakland, and it is the vaunted five-game series, which is actually not the longest series we will talk about, crazily enough. Um, Houston-Oakland, for really the reason, obviously, I picked this one, is this is the top dog in terms of, uh, or the top two dogs in the division, in the the West, with all due respect to the Mariners. I know they're kind of out there, but that would be a bit of a miracle. So for Oakland, if they can, you know, if they can win four out of five, even two out of three, it would pretty much put this division to bed. And conversely, if Houston can take four out of five, three out of four, or three out of five, maybe brings them back into the mix. Um, now, what I've seen from both of these teams through my, from the Padres, at least through what the Padres have done to these teams, obviously same situation as Brianna. Um, although it wasn't a four game sweep. Cause remember the angels four game sweep. Um, they, the Padres, done. yeah, one more, maybe uh, we'll see. Uh, but Padres swept the Astros and then obviously just took two out of three with Oakland. Um, it is a little interesting because I do believe the uh, series is in minute made park. But it, there will be a doubleheader. Yeah. So the game will be at Minute Maid Park. But the doubleheader on Tuesday 
game two will be a home game for Oakland. So uh, that's just something to keep in mind. Obviously, with no fans, not that big of a deal. They just will have, uh, they will bat last. That's all that means. Um, I like Oakland to take three out of five. I think Oakland finally kind of put their stamp on this division and starts to get ready um, for the stretch run and, and really try and figure out a way you uh, can and get Matt Chapman to make contact at this point. It's, it's getting a little, getting a little ridiculous for really one of the best third basemen in the league. I thought, and he's now up like 48% strikeout total. He struck out five times yesterday and struck out twice today before being pulled for unknown reasons. So um, Oakland three out of five, Brianna, how about you? I mean, I would love to see Houston just lose just because of the fact that then it gives the Mariners a chance to come back and maybe take the two seed. And I do think that Oakland is going to take three of five, but I would love to see what happened with the Angels um, Astros game yesterday happened to the Oakland Houston um, game, the doubleheader game, because that was funny. Uh, I go into a little detail on that, just in case uh, some of our listeners didn't catch that. <laughs> okay. So um, the second game of the doubleheader. So one game got postponed this weekend because of Hurricane Laura hitting last week. So the Astros were the home team um, during that game. And after Anthony Rendon hit a three-run home run, um, some of the Astros started coming off the field thinking that the game was over. Nope, you still had another half an inning and you had to stay on the field. And you just see the umpire like, nope, go back. But I would love to see that happen again with this um, Oakland-Houston series just because it's funny. But that was a major brain fart by the Astros. That's, yeah, that, that, that's hilarious. Uh, really, really funny stuff. I, I didn't actually catch that, but Brianna informed me of that before the podcast. So really good stuff there. Uh, the final series we are going to talk about is the Reds and the Cubs. Um, what are your thoughts here as really you have obviously the top team in the division and kind of what I'm calling the last stand for Cincinnati? I mean, it's got to be this week, right? We are getting to the nitty gritty. You can't make up three or four games in the last week. Um, so this is pretty much when you got to start making moves. What are your thoughts? Reds, Cubs. Cubs suck. The Cubs have been sucking lately. So I'm going to say Cincinnati is going to take the series two out of three, mostly because the Cubs have been struggling to hit. Their pitchers haven't really been stable the entire time. Obviously you've got Darvish who if, if he pitches, that game is going to be a cup game no matter what happens. Um, but otherwise, I think I do think that uh, Cincinnati is going to take it. If I remember correctly, I think I saw Bieber pitching against the Cubs this week too. Um, he either I think he pitched to no, he pitched today. Bieber pitched to oh no, um, Bieber, Bauer. No, Shane. Am I thinking of the Indians? Yeah, yeah, thinking, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm sorry, I was looking no at that series later. Too. No worries. I, you know, it's funny. I I kind of got those mixed up earlier when I was talking about Bauer. Because he was on the Indians too, so I like there. If you go back and watch, there's a moment where I kind of stop and look up and kind of have to back myself out. No, but um, yeah, uh, Bieber pitched today for the Indians. Yeah, okay, then uh, my bad. We um, are in, that he's gonna take it. No worries, we are in agreement. Oh, ooh, game two is gonna be a Darvish versus Bauer. Ooh, that's gonna be a good one. Um, is that a no? There are that's... no double headers here. Okay. No, it's not a doubleheader, but that it's going to be an interesting game. Yeah, let's, I let's like. Uh, 
I agree with you, Brianna. I, I, I like Cincinnati take two out of three. Two reasons. A, Cubs are struggling. And B, this is similar to kind of how I, why I like the Yankees. It's a bit of that desperation mode. This was a team that didn't have high expectations like the Yankees, but they had an expectation to be one of the eight teams in the playoffs. They're definitely on the outside looking in. I think this is kind of their last stand. Um, so that's how I like that Cincinnati take two out oh, of three. Question. Yes. Who do you think is going to take that game, the Bauer versus um, Darvish? Darvish and ba- uh, Bauer, honestly, I've been incredibly impressed with you, Darvish. Um, I, I think the Cubs get it done that day. That day. Um, Bauer of late, it's the first five or six games uh, he was best pitcher in baseball. And I firmly believe a big reason why is because of his quarantine situation. He was quarantined in what with, it's, it's uh, <coughs> excuse me, <clears throat> Uh, the Momentum House, which Momentum is his social um, social media site and uh, really good stuff on their YouTube. Check them out if you have time. Um, but a lot of other big league players he was quarantined with in pretty much a baseball house. So he was being able to work on his craft while others really weren't. Um, and I think that's kind of caught up to him in terms of now everyone else is on that kind of same level. And he's struggled a bit. Now, you Darvish has pretty much been nails all season. I think his ERA is still under two. Um, might've had a bit of a bumpy start maybe last time out, but I'm not sure. Uh, I like you Darvish in that game. Or I, I like you Darvish, assuming we don't get to the bullpen because bullpens, anything can happen when we get to a bullpen game. But if it turns into like a three, nothing, uh, situation and the, the aces really have a big t- part of it. I like you Darvish in that situation. Yes. So their ERAs are B are Bauer 205, uh, Darvish 144, but their whips are basically the same. So it's going to be an interesting game. Oh, it's going to be a... It's going to be a fun one to watch. Fun game. Fun game to watch. Keep an eye on the over-under there. Um, you might see a, maybe a seven on that over-under. That could be something to think about, maybe going over the over, um, just in case it does get into the bullpen, um, just because not the strongest bullpens in the world. And anytime you bring Craig Kimberl in, he's probably good for a run or two. But anyway, uh, moving on to the weekend. It is uh, the first one we're going to talk about pretty much what we talked about with AL Central determining kind of that second seed. Um, it is Cleveland and Minnesota, a big three-game series. Very, very interesting to kind of figure out who is going to take that second um, spot. And I do think a big part of uh, who takes that will be this division. Let's see, you went first last time, so I'll go first this time. Um, I like uh, Minnesota to take this uh, take this series Two out of three. Cleveland's a team that, you know, they, they were competing and they were pretty much up there at the top of that division. And then all of a sudden they send away Mike Clevenger um, and bring in guys like Josh Naylor and Austin Hedges, which I had a very funny encounter with a guy. He had an Indian's hat on at 7-Eleven in the morning last, uh, I think two days ago. And I had my Padre mask on and we're just, you know, waiting. And he asked me, he goes, hey, um, Austin Hedges can't really be that bad, right? And what he was referring to is, I think it was Thursday or Friday night, Austin Hedges, three at-bats, sees nine pitches, three strikeouts. I mean, just as bad as you can be. Um, and he asked me, he goes, you know, it can't really be that bad, right? And I tried my hardest to stifle laughter. Um, I ended up laughing. It's all I really needed to say. He just kind of shook his head and just, he, as he said, he goes, well, I'm kind of used to it by now. Um, he even said, he goes, Lindor's next. So the Indians and Twins, their organizational paths are going differently right now. The, the Indians might be competing, but that's not what the organization wants to do. 
Um, they're re they really are a, a real life major league. Uh, that, that organization, that ownership group wants to drive numbers down. They don't want to have to pay these players. Uh, it's really a sad situation. But anyways, I like Minnesota to take two out of three. I think Minnesota um, is just set up for success um, better than Cleveland. What about you, uh, Brianna? And this is where I saw Bieber come in. Um, I'm thinking Cleveland's going to take two of three. Cool. Um, just because obviously pitching matchups. But at the same time, teams got rid of a lot of people that they really needed. Like, let's say Angels with Tommy Lestella. Um, And I'm never going to not talk about that one because they made a huge mistake on that one. Um, if they were going to get rid of him, you get a pitcher. Um, <laughs> um, but that's why I'm going to say Cleveland. from Oakland. Take two. Yeah. That's I mean, Oakland's say. got pitchers coming out of the freaking bay right now. And, and, and you go and get another probably poor man's Tommy Lestella. But. Who ended up getting hurt today? So. <laughs> Anyways, no, the Angels won today. We're keeping it, we're keeping it positive for you. It's all good. It's all good. But yeah. That will be one that we'll be uh, to keep an eye on because we are split on that one. Um, both of us like uh, the, it to be a 2-1 series or two out of three series, but Brianna likes Cleveland. I like Minnesota. Now moving on to... Um, the longest uh, yeah, series. <laughs> what is essentially a playoff series, folks. Uh, a six-game series that will span four days and feature two sets of doubleheaders. So four games in two separate days. Folks, your guess is as good as mine on this. I don't know. We've never seen this. I've never seen this. Um, I know in like double A, they have five game series. And I mean, I, I didn't look it up through Elias Sports Bureau or whatever, but this has to be a record or one of those. And I'm sure that it'll happen again um, later on with either St. Louis or, or um, another team that was affected by it. But obviously the Marlins and Phillies, these were two teams that the first effect um, and this is the makeup. So they are pretty much taking this series that was supposed to be here and the series about week two or so when this first started, they're throwing it in here. Um, I went first last time, so I'm going to pass it over to you. What do you see in this six game crazy, whatever you, this is a 2020 baseball series or a 2020 in a baseball series right here. Yep. Oh, before the podcast, I thought it was going to be Miami four of six. Now I'm going to be saying it's going to be a split. Obviously, I think both doubleheaders are going to be split games, so there's two for each right there. But six games is a lot. I mean, you just saw the Angels win four straight. But I really think it's going to be a split. I don't think there's any way either team is going to come out on top on this one, just considering how many pitchers they're going to have to be using, how many, like, different lineups they're going to have to try to use just – it's going to be a whirlwind of a series, to be honest. I agree. And um, it, it's going to be a lot of fun. So you, you, you're down as a split, correct? I'm down as a split now. Perfect. So, you know, I'm, I'm actually going to go Phillies. I, I, I see two teams that – now, are the Phillies the best team in the East? No. But no. they're the second best team, I would say. Um, and I know the records show that, but Miami's been there at the top. Miami has, I think they were 11 and four when they came back, or at one point, they have definitely come back to the pack. Um, just two teams moving in different directions. I like Philly um, to take four out of six. So yeah, four out of six. So go four and two in this series. Um, I'll tell you what though, if, if the Phillies get this sweep, 
they get they should get like a trophy or something. You know, get like a six game sweep. I don't think it's gonna happen. It's very hard to do, but that that's got to be like they get like a commemorative twenty twenty plaque or something. If they can get um, finish this six game, or how about this? If they uh, sweep the two, that's what'll probably happen. Will be um, sweep the two double headers um, to get their four wins, but lose the two games in the single days. So we'll see how that goes. But I like Philadelphia, uh, the Phillies to win four out of six. And our last series, only three games. God, it's just pretty much a pretty much a, a, a small series here. Only three games, but it's very very important. I think for both of these teams, um, the Tigers and the White Sox. For the Tigers, it's pretty much their last chance. They have to have a good week and, more importantly, a good series against the White Sox. I don't think they're going to win the division as much as I would love to have that 50000 or 5000 to one bet that I put in on them to win the division come true. I don't think it's going to happen. But they certainly still have an outside shot to try and get that best of the rest, that third-place spot um, in the division that might get you in. It's a long shot, no doubt, but it starts here. And now conversely for the uh, White Sox, they're a team that pretty much every single series they have to win because they have two very, very good teams hot on their heels. I like the White Sox to take two out of three. I just think they're the better team with just a little bit more to play for. I think Detroit has hit their ceiling and are kind of just fluttering around. I think they're going to be five and five, four and six. Um, over their next 10 just to kind of even things out. What about you in uh, Detroit and Chicago, the White Sox variety, uh, over three games? I'm going to take the same as you, White Sox, to, uh, two of three. Obviously, they are trying to win the division, and the only way to do that is by obviously winning the rest of their, the series for the rest of the season. They've got two teams that are just within half a game of each other right behind. So they have to do everything that they can just to – make sure that they don't get caught up to. So that's why I'm going to say it's going to be the White Sox. I agree. I couldn't agree more. Um, and I'm really excited. You know, there's always towards the end of the season, that pennant run and all that, where it's, um, it makes games interesting. And normally it's about two or three games. Let's be honest. Each series, it, each series is about two or three that really have playoff implications. We're now talking about a situation where pretty much the playoffs have been doubled. Uh, so we have a lot more teams, a lot more series with these implications. Like I said, teams like Detroit, uh, even teams like the Mets, if they get it figured out, I don't think they will, but if they get it figured out, they can figure it out or, and, and they can sneak into the playoffs. The Angels, a team, hey, guess what? They swept the Astros four-game uh, four sweep today. Uh, they are a team that now all of a sudden, with these expanded playoffs, are in contention. I mean, let's face it. If, if we didn't have these extended playoffs, the Padres would be staring down a one-game playoff as technically the second-best team in the National League. That would, that would just be a disaster. Um, so luckily, that probably, hopefully, won't happen. Um, so final thoughts on um, the Major League podcast, Brianna. I got to see the Angels sweep the Astros. Amen. That's the main one. But also our hearts go out to the families of, obviously, Tom Seaver and uh, Lou Brock. Amen. I agree with that as well. And I'll just go on one more time with that. Uh, especially if you live in uh, Southern California um, and the San Diego and more importantly, the East County region, if you're around Alpine, um, be safe. That fire is looking rough and 
you know, if you're in Southern California, especially San Diego, it's, here we go again. So, you know, just be safe out there, everybody. Um, be smart. What's up? <laughs> One more. If you're in Southern California, especially Dodger fan, you're welcome. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're welcome. <laughs> Taking down the throws. But um, yeah, so just be safe out there, everybody, and definitely stay cool. Um, it's It's been a hot one. Uh, if you don't have AC, whew, get those fans ready. That's what I've been doing. All right, everybody. Thank you all so much for listening to the Major League Baseball or the ESBC Major League Baseball podcast. My name is, or for Brianna Winner, my name is Brandon First, a.k.a. First Report, representing the ESBC Podcast Network. Thanks again for listening. Now go wash your hands and stop hating. If you haven't heard of Anchor, it is free. It's a podcast that I use. <clears throat> and they really do a good job for us here at the GFSN betting and team report podcast. It helps us make 70 to 80% of your bets. Now, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started, my brothers.